Today, I'm joined by Zach Hanchu. We're going to have a look at the first month of NBA action, talking about some players, scenarios, injuries, whatever comes up. We'll also discuss my bust Boston Mushroom experience. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is our website. Head over there. All of our rankings are there. Uh, links to our shows. Jump into YouTube. Uh, check us out. Subscribe. Like all of that stuff. I'm going to bring Zach straight in. Uh, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I am back from my brief world tour. Um, so <laughs> it's good to be home. Good to have reliable Wi-Fi. Uh, and as you can see, both Zach and I are sporting our new uh, Indiana Pacers City edition gear. Um, I bought way too much stuff from the Pacers team shop. Uh, Zach, good to find. Is this the first one we've done since since we sort of announced you as the regular co-host? This is our second one, but it, second. it feels like it's been too long, man. I've <laughs> missed you. You look very well-traveled. How was your trip? It was uh, it was a good trip. Uh, as I said, very good to be home. As I mean, that's always the best part of a trip, I think, is, is coming home to what you're used to. Um, but no, it was good. We saw some good games. Um, saw, I think we saw a good cross section of, of what America has to offer. Um, we, we obviously didn't go to every city, but the three that we did visit were very different. Uh, Indiana rounded out our trip, and we were our accommodation was literally across the road from the Pacers Arena. So um, it was a 10 second walk uh, to the team shop, which was. Maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think I bought three jumpers, a jacket, four shirts, two hats. Uh, I bought a lot of stuff. So I guess I'm a Pacers fan now, um, just by means of the amount of merch that I have. Uh, I do like your jumper. Uh, I didn't actually – I didn't see them in the team store. They were probably there. I was probably just overwhelmed by everything. Um, is that a player jumper or it's just a generic – um, sort of city edition jumper. Yeah, it's just a city edition. Um, where I'm from, we call these hoodies, but yeah, it's just a yeah, uh, hoodies. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, no, it's just a generic sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got my Halliburton jersey uh, on, which and you also have a Halliburton jersey. You you inform me. Um, I bought another jersey as well. It's not a city edition. It's just a standard yellow Pacers one. So I'll wear that next week on the show people can see uh who i bought um oh mystery player mystery player yeah uh so no look it has been a long time um a month has come and gone uh pretty quickly um i'm glad to be back doing shows i've got a few lined up this week Uh, i feel like i've missed out on a lot so it'll be good just to talk with someone to someone about fantasy i will just explain my boston mushrooms (laughs) tagline though because i thought it was an intriguing one it's not what 
most people are probably thinking. Uh, when we were in Boston, um, was lucky enough to go out for lunch with Alex Reclean. Uh, you know Alex. Um, most people listening and watching will know who Alex is. Works for RotoWire. Um, so I'd met him previously in Vegas when we were there a few years ago. He took us to an Italian restaurant uh, for lunch, which was great. It was food was awesome. Uh, service was great. So no no complaints at all. Uh, we left. Uh, I had a pasta dish um, which had mushrooms in it, which is where my story is going to. After that, he took us to some like a famous bakery kind of pastry place, and we got a I got a massive. Uh, peanut butter brownie. I'm a big peanut butter fan, so I got a big peanut butter brownie. We walked around for a little bit, and then and then we walked down to TD Garden. Um, we got to TD Garden. Um, we bought some stuff. I bought a Blake Griffin Celtics jersey, which was down to twenty dollars from one hundred and sixty. So <laughs> didn't really want it, but for twenty dollars, it's rude not to buy it. Um, so bought that. Alex left. He he had to go and do some family stuff. I started feeling a bit off. Uh, in the tummy, in the the the, um, the gastro area, pretty quickly I had to manoeuvre my way through large crowds into a, a public toilet in the uh, in the arena or down near the train station, and and I'll let people's imaginations go wild here, but let's just say the next two hours were not enjoyable. Um, I probably spent an hour and a half of it on the toilet, uh, so the mushrooms didn't agree with me. And uh, but luckily we went to for anyone that has been to TD Garden. There's a bar, sort of sports bar, adjacent to the arena called Banners. So we snuck in there. Um, I think we were lucky to get in because it was very full. And my friend, the guy I was there with, was kind enough to sit on a beer for about an hour so that I could just go and use their facilities. Um, but managed to get it all out <laughs> and we, we and we saw the game uninterrupted um but that was my mushroom story uh and and i haven't had mushrooms since not the mushroom story i was expecting man but glad you made it through <laughs> yes it was it was not enjoyable at all um so yeah it, it, but it's a story nonetheless it's a story that's right um so, yeah, we, we sort of just went back and forward quickly overnight. We just thought, so this is going to be a weekly show. We'll be doing this once a week where we just talk about the week that's been, what's happened, trends, players that are trending up, injuries, players that are struggling. But given we haven't talked about anything for the first month, uh, I thought we'd just extend our, our sort of coverage to, to capture those first four weeks, talking about a few players that have performed really well, a few players that are struggling and then wherever that leads us. So I'm going to start right at the top with Anthony Davis. He's the number one player again. Um, this time last year, he was the number one player as well. Uh, if we remember before he got injured, he he was right up the top there. Looking at his numbers, I mean, do you have him on any of your teams and, and do you think what he's doing is sustainable? So I don't have him on any of my teams, unfortunately. Um but, I mean, if we just glance at the numbers here, I have them here in front of me, uh, you know, 24 points, 12 rebounds, 3.7 assists, three blocks a game. I think I think probably the three blocks a game is the number that I, I think is, is most likely to come down. Uh, he's never averaged that many for a full season in his career. Uh, 52% shooting, I think that's plenty sustainable. Almost 90% shooting from the free throw line, that, that will probably come down some, but – 
I, I mean, 24-12 and three, uh, I mean, that sounds like the best version of Anthony Davis that we could expect. Um, the other number that th- – this is the one that really alarms me, and, and it's the same thing that alarms me about LeBron James, 37.2 minutes a night. Yeah. That's that's going to kill you. For somebody that is injury-prone already, especially a big man like him, to play that many minutes a night and with all the retooling of this roster that they did and to still have to rely on him and LeBron like that, I, something's not right, man. There, there are just too many options on this team, and and none of them are, are able to – you know, to fill in substantially uh, for LeBron or AD. It's those two are bust. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that that will be a major concern for me moving forward is the playing time. But, uh, you know, assuming he's healthy, these numbers can absolutely hold up. Yeah, I agree. I think pretty much everything he's doing there is is sustainable. Um, what's interesting to me, a couple of things you touched on, I think, yeah, the blocks, I think, come down slightly Um I could see steals going up, though. He's at 0.9. He's usually a 1.2, 1.3 steals per game player, so I could see them going up. Um, Field goal percentage, that's fine. That's going to be around 52, 53. But the free throw percentage, so so he was actually a punt free throw guy a couple of years ago um, and and was really struggling if you go back to the 2020-21 season. 73.7% 73.7% the year after that. He was 71.3%. Last year, 78.4, which was sort of back to where we expected. But he's at 88.9% this season, which, look, if he can keep it up, I love it because I've got him on a team. But I wasn't counting on that. So I'm not sure these are all sustainable. But I do think he can stick in the top five if he stays healthy um, because of his ability to to do a bit of everything. Um, but you said the, the minutes are a worry and the, the fact that the Lakers did increase their depth, but it hasn't really impacted the both him and LeBron James in terms of allowing them to, to take some time off and, and take some possessions off, that sort of thing. So I think we need to see more from Austin Reeves, uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, Christian Wood. No, Christian Wood's been okay, but... Um, yeah, that we do need some of these role players to step up because if Anthony Davis is playing 38 minutes a night, he's not going to last the season. I think no. we can agree on that. So um, looking at the number two player, now th- this is the – I guess this is the Shea from last season um, and and we talked about it in the preseason. Who is going to be that guy this season that comes out of nowhere and puts up first-round value? And currently it's Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Um, Averaging 28.6 points, 3.4 triples, 5.4 rebounds, 7.2 assists, a steal, a block, 50.5% and 93%. Um, thoughts on him? I don't have him anywhere. I was, I just didn't reach high enough to get him. And at the moment, I'm regretting it. But um, what are your thoughts on him so far? I, I mean, look, I, I don't know that we can... I don't know that there's much more I can add in terms of superlatives for Tyrese Maxey. Uh, you know, obviously 50 point game the other night, that was outstanding. Um, and he did it, he did it against the league's most generous defense, the shirts that we're wearing right now. Yep. Um, Indiana has the number one offense, but I, I mean, they're like the Detroit Lions of the NFL that, you know, the defense, when you're yielding that many points, um, you're going to end up in a bunch of shootouts and some numbers are going to get inflated by your opponents. So um, 
Tyrese Maxey has been phenomenal. I'd love to see – they're playing Indiana again tonight, so I'd love to see what he ends up with tonight. Uh, Embiid had 37 and 13 the other night as well uh, against the Pacers. So I think those two will probably ball out once again. Uh, but if we're just talking about Maxey, yeah, I, I mean, 28 points, five rebounds, seven assists, a steal, a block, three-and-a-half triples – He's a first-round guy for me the rest of the way. I don't necessarily see – I don't know that he sticks with a block per game. That doesn't seem sustainable to me for a, a shot-heavy guard. 50% shooting from the field and 93% from the charity stripe. Don't necessarily know that the efficiency holds as well uh, for a guy who's taking 20 shots a night. I, I mean, wonderful if he does, if he has that kind of Halliburton level of efficiency. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see what he ends up with. He shot 48% the last two seasons. So maybe it's not too far of a stretch for him to keep that up. Um, but you know, Kelly Oubre being out, the scoring is going to stay up. No James Harden, nobody brought back in, in that trade, uh, unless they go out and trade for a Zach Levine or make some other crazy move here. Um, uh, there's no reason to think that him and Embiid won't be, uh, the league's what potentially the league's top duo for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I I don't see why not. Um, yeah, I do think a few things come back to the norm a little bit as we move forward. That that efficiency, um, the assists are obviously the big difference here. With no yeah. Harden, he, he's doubled his his assists, and and I think that sticks because mm-hmm. he he's got the ball in his hands now so much. Um, I think Melton will be better, so I think that that will take a little bit of that scoring pressure off Ubre. Uh, will come back at some point. There's no word on a, on a firm timetable or anything, um, but he'll be back at some point. So, yeah, look, I, do, I don't think he'll be the number two player uh, when we're talking in three, four months' time, but first round, certainly. Uh, I, I think there's scope for him to be a first-round player. Um, having a look at who else I put in my list here because I don't even remember. So I put Scotty Barnes in there, who I do want to talk about, but just something I want to touch on very quickly, which I was looking at, is Luca. Um, so he's the seventh-ranked player this season, and he's he's always a top-five pick. We know that. He, he goes third, he goes fourth, he goes second. But his free throws drag him down too, and he ends up being, if you look at pure rankings, he ends up being outside the top 20, outside the top 30 because of the turnovers and because of the, the free throws. This year his free throws are at 78.7%, and his attempts are down slightly so last year i was looking at this while while we were getting ready uh last year he was at 10.5 free throws attempted per game uh this year he's at 7.5 and his efficiency has gone up has he figured this out is he going to be closer to 80 percent moving forward or will he revert back to being 73 74 percent I think he can be closer. Um, I, you know, 73, 74 has been the norm for him for mm. his entire career. Um, I, I think this is absolutely uh, what years he's in year six right now. So this is something that absolutely sustainable 24 years old, uh, hitting his peak, uh, going into his prime. Absolutely. I think this is sustainable. Um, the number that I worry about is the field goal percentage, uh, 52.6% from the field, um, 4.3 triples, 41.7% from three. Uh, that's got to come back to earth, right? There, there's no way he's, there's no way he's going to be taking, you know, how many threes is he taking over 10 threes a night, 41%. 
Um, and, and his his points obviously are way up, 32.6, just slightly up from last season. This, that would be a career high if it holds up. Um, I can't I can't see him shooting 52, 78, and 42 for the season. I, I mean, do you think that all of those numbers stay true for you know for the entire season? No, I think I'd be more confident in the free throws than the field goal percentage. Um, although, I mean. Look, Dallas are playing well. They're second in the yeah. West. Uh, we're very early, of course, but I guess this is what they were hoping for with Kyrie Irving, taking some of that attention, the defensive attention off Luca, and, and possibly getting him better looks at the basket. So, um, yeah, I, I still don't think it sticks, but if that was the plan, then maybe that is working uh, at the moment. I think Grant Williams um, has been a really under sort of underrated addition to this team. He's not doing a lot, but I think just having him there and and he knows what to do. He's really smart, high IQ basketball player. I think he's made a big difference to this team as well. Um, So moving on to to Scotty Barnes, another guy that I think I got him in one of my leagues, but in a few spots, at least two, I think I went with Giddy over Scotty Barnes, which I'm regretting at the moment. Um, I'll revisit that in a few months, but at the moment, Scotty Barnes is looking far more valuable than than Josh Giddy. Um, he's he's a first round player as well. Uh, where are we? Eleventh ranked player. It's really for me. If we look at his his stats across the board, it's the blocks. the The blocks yeah. are the number that are really boosting his value at the moment. Um, defensive numbers just across the board. He's at one point eight steals and one point eight blocks. Um, I think he can be close to 1.5 steals. I think that's fine. But do you see him being closer to two blocks a night or one block? I, I think he he will end up being closer to one block a night. Um, I, I think the 1.8 steals, that may regress, but it, it's not going to come down tremendously. He was at 1.1 for the first two seasons of his career. Um, you know, he's playing more minutes this season. There's no Fred Van Vliet. Uh, this is a very, as usual in Toronto, it's a very, very thin roster. Um, so, or a very short lineup, I guess I should say, uh, very tight. So, yeah, I could definitely see that being in the 1.5 to 1.8 range, maybe one block. Um, the rest of his numbers, though, I, I don't see why he couldn't maintain 20 and 10 with five assists. I mean, and those are absolutely phenomenal numbers. Hmm. Uh, you know, you know Scotty Barnes was a guy that he was one of my guys before the season started. Uh, I figured we'd see some improvement in the assists department, in the scoring. Um, I didn't expect the big leap in rebounds, though. Nearly 10 rebounds a game right now. Um, so, yeah, I do I think he can be a first-round player all season long? I think he can challenge for it. Uh, I, I think it's probably more likely that he ends up as a top as a top 20 guy. I think his his floor is going to be top 24 first round ceiling though. So if, if you were looking to sell high, which I wouldn't suggest people do, cause I, I just, I think where you got him in drafts, you're going to get value anyway. But if you, if you were looking to, to sell high on him, um, what would you sort of be looking for in return? Like I'm just looking at the, the, the rankings here, like Desmond Bain, would that be a fair trade? Um, who else is in it? Paul George? Would you rather Paul George or Scotty Barnes? I'd rather Scotty. I, I mean, we know we know Paul George is phenomenal when he's available, but that's been a that's been a huge question mark. I mean, basically for the last four seasons, 
Uh, Scotty Barnes has played 74 plus games each of the last two. So I'd much rather have, you know, the guy that I can count on, uh, the guy that's not playing with James Harden, who's really messed things up for the Clippers since joining the team uh, and kind of muddies the water with four high usage guys in the starting five. Uh, so Scotty Barnes is 22. He's ascending and he's that guy in Toronto. I'd much rather have him than Paul George. Yeah, agreed. Um so the next two names I put, and I group these two guys together because I feel like they're going to be grouped together for the rest of their careers <laughs> a little bit, um, a little bit like Luca and Trey. Uh, they are, they are sort of in in the same discussion a lot of times. Is um, Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren? So yeah. both both I think have had tremendous starts to the season. Um, I saw I saw Wemby live uh, in Indiana. Mm. Unfortunately. It, I think they lost the game by about forty points. So he didn't play. He didn't play a lot. Um, but even just watching him warm up, and, and we we got there early, and we were able to see him um, doing a lot of his pregame stuff. And yeah, it's it's pretty phenomenal just watching him the way he handles the ball and and how. I think for me, the difference between him and and some other big guards is just how comfortable he looks dribbling the ball and bringing it up the court and how smooth and fluent his movements are. Um, it, it doesn't look like it's, hey, this is a big guy and we need to teach you to handle the ball a little bit. It's just something that he can do naturally and he's done his whole career. Um, so he's looked great. Chet has looked great. If you had to pick right now, who do you think would be rookie of the year? Because Asar Thompson has been really good as well. He has been really good. If I had to pick right now who's going to win Rookie of the Year, I think it would end up going to Wemby. Um, you know, I think I, – I mean, for fantasy, obviously, Chet has been in and out of the first round. He's been a, a top, you know, 15 to 20 guy. That, that's that been his floor so far, and that's been because he's a much better shooter than Wemby at this point, at least yeah. from what we've seen so far. Um, but in terms of just raw numbers, uh, Wemby, more points, more rebounds – um, him and Chet similar with blocks and three pointers. Uh, but Wemby is the, he's the flashier player. He's the guy that came into the season with much more hype. Uh, and I think, you know, if, if it comes down to, uh, two guys that are very similar in their production, um, I think rookie of the year will end up going to the guy that is the higher score. Uh, so I, I think it ends up going to Wemby, uh, by season's end. Yeah. I think I, for me, I'm still in that position of I think it comes down to games played to some degree. Like I think if if Wemby only plays 55 games and Chet plays 75, I know yeah. that that games cap doesn't doesn't affect the rookie of the year award. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to play 65 games. There's no threshold. But it's going to come into the decision-making. It, it has to be a factor. Yeah. So obviously the Thunder are going to be a competitive team this year. They're going to be pushing for the playoffs. I don't think the Spurs are. So there is a chance, although based on what we've seen, I mean, the, the, the Spurs have been cautious with Wemby in terms of playing time, but he, our concern actually for that game in Indiana that we saw was that it was the second night of a back-to-back, which that's part of the reason they got blown out. But our worry was that they would rest him. Um, but Pop came out and said, no, no, he needs to get used to the, the NBA and the schedule and playing back-to-back and travelling and... So if they keep that mindset for the majority of the season, then I think Wemby plays 65 games and, and probably gets Rookie of the Year. Um, 
And look, I mean, for Chet as well, you have to look at who they're surrounded with. Chet has a much better supporting cast uh, when you when compared to Wemby. So, so Wemby is going to be the highlight, the the talking point in every game. Whereas Chet, sometimes he's the talking point, but then Shea blows up for forty. Jalen Williams had thirty the other night. Giddy is going to have a triple double at some point during the season. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. Uh, and, and would you say, are you surprised by their start to the season at all? I don't think so. I, I'm not really surprised by it. I, I think, I mean, I was expecting, you know, 15 to 20 points for both of them, uh, somewhere in that eight to nine rebound mark, a couple of blocks, you know, maybe one and a half to two triples. I don't think they're doing anything outrageous, you know, by my expectations so far. Um, how about you? No, no, I think I think they're both doing sort of what what we thought. Um, We thought efficiency would be a bit of an issue for Wemby, uh, which it is. Um, But the the defence is there. Both of them are, despite their length and and size, they're they're so good at at switching out, defending the wing, defending the perimeter, Um, not like your your Rudy Gobert and your your more traditional shot-blocking centres who really struggle in that role. So... Uh, I think that's the future. That's where the NBA is headed. So they fit that that mold perfectly. Um, so no, look, they're both they've both been great. Um, in uh, I, I've got both of them in one team along with Anthony Davis. Um, they were my first three picks, which was risky, but so far so good. I'll, I'll knock on my table here just to um, give myself some good luck. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, still a long way to go. Now I thought we'd look at some players on the other end of the spectrum, so players that we were maybe high on during the preseason and and haven't lived up to expectations. Um, Probably the highest player who hasn't lived up to expectations is Damian Lillard, but I actually want to start with Jordan Poole because he got a lot of momentum. He gained a lot of traction in the preseason and we thought he was going to be a 25, 26, 28 point a night scorer. Uh, he was going to be taking all the shots. It hasn't come to fruition yet. Uh, Kuzma is is taking more shots than him. Paul doesn't seem to have clicked yet. Um, so I would say he's been, I mean, a bust at this point. I would say he's a bust. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just pulling up his rank. You might have it there in front of you. Yeah, it's, it's 164 in, in 9-cat right now. It's- yeah. Yeah, he's an he's an absolute bust. Uh, yeah, one sixty four, and his ADP. Uh, I mean, on here, yeah, looking, at, he's we know his ADP was up around forty by the, I think by the time we hit sort of prime draft season. So, yeah, at the moment he, he's a huge bust. What are your thoughts on him? Like, is this is this something he's going to rectify moving forward, or, or is this just we knew he was going to have issues with efficiency? That was well documented. There was no hiding that. Um, can he turn this around to, to move back inside that top 80? I mean, I think he can definitely improve it. Um, you know, will he end up being that league-leading scorer that some jackass analyst predicted before the season started? <laughs> I, I sincerely doubt it. Oh, yeah. um, Who would say that? I, I don't know, dudes. There, there's, yeah, there, there's a lot of knuckleheads out there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man, watching him play, and again, since I'm kind of near that D.C. area, that's that's the team that, you know, I kind of gravitate towards and I root for. 
Uh, obviously, I love Hallie and others, but, you know, um, with Jordan Poole, we're going to be taking the kids to see that team this year. Um, my boys love the Warriors. They've always been a fan of uh, of Steph and Clay and Draymond and Jordan Poole, so they're excited to see Poole in D.C. It's not the same guy. It, it, it looks like he doesn't want it, um, and it, it's – we're, I think we're starting to see maybe why Steph chose Draymond instead of Jordan Poole. Uh, I mean, it, it really, it seems like Steve Kerr and the rest of those guys out in the Bay just kind of, kind of reined him in a little bit because now that he's out, you know, quote unquote on his own with his own team, it looks like he's just out there screwing around. I, I mean, do you see something different out there? Uh, because it, it looks like he's not taking it seriously. No. And look, I mean, there were rumblings, even just even when he was traded, that he wasn't happy with where he went. He didn't want to go to Washington, um, so it's not it's not surprising. Yeah, as as you said, look, the Warriors made the right choice. Um, hindsight, they, they've gone in the right direction uh, based on what we've seen, at least for this first month. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't really know what to think of him. I, I thankfully I didn't end up reaching for him. I think I've got him in one league. Um, but for me, I mean, the scoring's not there. I feel like the efficiency will in- improve a little bit. But his assist numbers haven't gone in the direction that I thought they would. I thought even though he wasn't playing point guard, I thought he would be closer to five, five yeah. and a half assists a game, and he's only at three and a half. The steals have been nice. He's at 1.3 steals, so that would be a career high. But the free throws, if you look back at, at when he was elite during that season in, in Golden State when Steph was injured, he was an elite free throw guy. Yeah. Um, he was uh, in that season. He was ninety two point five percent from the line. This season, he's seventy six point nine. So that's a fifteen percent drop, which is that. It, that's just odd. That's that's like what happened to Russell Westbrook. We've seen it happen before, but it's is that just because he doesn't care? Like, is it, is it this is this an attitude thing? And if it is, maybe it doesn't change. Uh, to me, uh, yeah, I, I can't see how it's anything but an attitude thing. Um, you know, the minutes are similar to what they were in Golden State. Um, you know, the focus is way more on him here in Washington. So maybe maybe defenses are keying in on him. Uh, it doesn't appear that he's getting a ton of extra attention, at least from what I've seen. Uh, but again, uh, you know, or was his scoring the result of having open looks alongside Steph and Clay and the greatest shooting backcourt of all time? I, I can't answer that question. I have no idea. Uh, but to go from the Warriors averaging over 20 a game and you're scoring 16 a game, uh, and and you just look like you just look like you don't care. I, I think the the one that everybody points out is against Boston, where he's on a fast break and then just kind of dribbles back and gets swatted at the three point line. Mm. It's been a lot of clown stuff so far. Um, very disappointing. Yes, very. Um, now, I touched on this guy early. I don't think there's as much to talk about here because I think this is just more of a new team, new structure, playing alongside Giannis. But Damian Lillard has been pretty underwhelming um, as well. He went in the first round. Uh, I think once people heard he was going to Milwaukee, there was a, a sort of a period of, okay, do we have to bump him down our our ranks here a little bit, but I, I still think the consensus was that, was that he would be a first-round player. Uh, at the moment, he's 51st uh, on the season, outside the top 140 over the last week. Uh, and for me, this is pretty – it's efficiency. 
Uh, it's, yeah. it's just his, his shooting. I mean, if you look at uh, his shot, he hasn't shot better than 50% at all this season in any game. Uh, and that last game was was a debacle. He was 17 or 18% from the field. Um, so I think for me, this is just a matter of him finding his rhythm. He wouldn't have got a full preseason with the Bucks, so they're, they're just figuring things out. So I'm not too concerned about Lillard, but am I am I off the mark there? I don't think you're off the mark. I think the efficiency needs to improve and will improve. I, I, I don't think he's going to shoot this poorly all season. Uh, but I think the biggest, the bigger concern for me is the field goal attempts. Uh, I mean, he's shooting less than 16 field goals a night, uh, second lowest of his career. I mean, this is a guy that we're used to seeing 19, 20, 21 shot attempts a game, uh, looking very passive. I mean, 16, 16 field goals a night. Um, and if we're even talking being passive, uh, Assists, 4.8 per game, lowest of his career. Or excuse me, uh, yeah, 4.8 per game. Uh, again, a guy that averaged 7.3 or better for each of the last four seasons. Um, it, yeah, it goes way beyond the scoring. Even even if the efficiency ticks up and he's, what, a 25-point-per-game guy, 26 maybe, we've got to see something else with the assists here. Uh, the three-pointers, too. He, he's shooting far fewer three-pointers this season as well. Um, so I don't know. Is this just deferring to Giannis? Um, I, I have no idea. I think, yeah, look, you're right there. I think there are – it isn't just the scoring. But for me, I think it's probably all intertwined to some degree. Like I think once those shots start falling, he will take more shots. Okay. At the moment, it is a bit of deferring. Um, so once that efficiency goes up and he sees his shots start dropping, I think he'll take more shots, which will in turn just give him a little bit more confidence as to where he fits in that offense, which will then lead to more of a facilitating role as well. So, so I think, yeah, I, I think we will see his assist go back up. I don't think he gets back to where he was like seven, seven and a half. I think he's probably closer to six, um, and you don't really think of Lillard as a high assist guy in, in, throughout his career, but it's always been a positive. He's always been a positive yeah. contributor in that category. So we do need him to get back to to being a positive. Whereas at the moment he's about a sort of he's about a, he's a wash in assist. So he's sort of about right on the cusp of where an average player would be. Um, so who did I? Well, this one I put in because I've got him in a few teams. Darius Garland. Um, he did have an injury uh, early season, which caused him to – I think he missed maybe a week, uh, four games, something like that. But he's outside the top 120 this year, and he's just he's just really meh for me. He's not – he's just not taking that step that I think we thought he might this season. Uh, he's, he's averaging – where are we? 17 points, six assists, almost two steals. So the steals are really nice. But I think the hope is that Garland will – I know Donovan Mitchell's there and he's their lead guy on offense, but I was hoping Garland would be 22, 23 points a night. Um, maybe he can get to eight assists. He just hasn't done that. Do, do you think he can do that or, or was I just sort of talking him up in my own mind? No, I don't think you were talking him up too much. Um, you know, basically he had that breakout season the year before Donovan Mitchell got there. Numbers stayed nearly identical when Mitchell got there. A little bit of regression, but 
you know, pretty steady. Uh, this season, yeah, like you said, he's been eh. Uh, but I definitely think that we're going to see some improvement. Uh, the number that sticks to me here, 28% from three, uh, typically an awesome three-point shooter. Uh, that number is going to come up. Uh, you know, he's shot – 35% or better for out throughout his entire career, 38% or better the last three seasons before this one. That number will come up, as will his scoring. He'll get back to 20 points per game, um, if not a little bit more. 1.3 triples, that will come up, uh, you know, over two per game by the end of the season. Uh, and if those two things happen, uh, his field goal percentage bumps up just a little bit. Um, you know, I think we're, we're having a different conversation here. I, I would say by the, by the time we roll around to all-star break, we're having a different conversation. Um, the assist numbers, though, man, yeah, 6.2 compared to what he's done the last two seasons. That one is – that one is is the biggest concern here for me. I see some positive regression elsewhere, but 6.2 assists, that, that one's tough. Yeah, I, I need some more from him. And, and look, Karis Lavert has been really good to start the yeah. season. So you, you feel like given the sample size of his career and what we've seen him do, there, he will fall off at some point because yes. he, he often has a two-, three-week period where he's really good and then you don't hear from him for a while. So maybe that spurs Garland on to having to do more. Um, now, the last two guys, a couple of bigs, one that I was, I don't know, I was relatively high on him, and, and I think a few people were based on what we'd seen in preseason and that sort of thing, was Jabari Smith for the Rockets. Um, but I don't know. I, is the sample size that we've seen for him, I mean, obviously he is still very young, but is it big enough now that he, this is who he is? Um, I think we were hoping he would sort of be close to a double-double. Um, he'd get his scoring up to maybe 16 and, and eight or nine rebounds over a block. But is this wishful thinking? Is this, given the Rockets have been successful to this point and, and they're competing where we are right now, they're competing, is there hope for him to to sort of come out and put up those top top 80, top 70 numbers? Or is he is he just going to be a top 120, top 130 guy who just sort of floats on and off waivers and and stays pretty irrelevant. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been disappointing so far this season, man. I think everybody was expecting uh, an improvement. Um, but like you said, it's been it's been pretty much the same as it was from a season ago. Um, and at this point, yeah, those kind of numbers are not the type of numbers. They're the type of numbers that make you think, man, should I put this guy in my starting lineup on a busy mm. slate or do I have a better option? Um, yeah. And I think most of us were expecting, hey, this guy's going to be in my starting in my starting fantasy lineup, no matter what. Um, I definitely think there's room for improvement. Um, the efficiency has come up a ton, uh, which is absolutely what you want to see. Um, you know, taking that next step. Um, but the other numbers, it, again, it's just been more of the same. Um, yeah, do, do you have a different take here? I, I mean, I think I think what encourages me is the the improvement in the efficiency department, uh, at least from the field, maybe not from the free throw line. Um, so I, I think there's a chance the other numbers do eventually come up. Yeah, look, I, I hope so. Um, like you said, he, he was a guy that I was sort of taking around that pick 100, and, and I just thought, yeah, look, he, he'll probably at least break even this season. Yeah. Um, with with the upside to be a top 70 guy. Yeah. And, 
yeah, it just hasn't come. And and there have been days when I look at my because we've had a weird slate. It's been loaded and then no games, and so there have been a few days where I would assume most managers have had to make some lineup decisions. And it is getting to the point where I look at my lineup and I go, I can maybe stream his spot and get more value. And that's yeah. not what you want from a guy that you were taking in the eighth, ninth round. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I still have a bit of hope. He, he is still very young. And as you said, his efficiency has picked up a little bit. But he just he hasn't taken off like I thought we would, where I think the concern in the preseason was more around Shingun and what's he going to do and what, what are his minutes going to do. And he's looked phenomenal. Oh, man. Um, so it, it, it's not what we envisaged. Um, and so maybe maybe it does flip around. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not super confident. Um, last guy I've got is someone that Alex Reclean, speaking of, was very high on this season. That's Walker Kessler. Um, mm. Now he's out. He's out at the moment. Um, so I didn't get to see him play when they played Indiana. Uh, saw him on the bench. He was he was sitting there and he he didn't have a brace or anything on his elbow. So um, he's obviously just dealing with this with this elbow injury and, and going to be reevaluated probably in I don't know a week, few few days. I, I'd say he's getting close to that point. He's there was a bit of discussion. How many minutes is he going to get? And we were sort of of the the opinion that no, look, he's the starting center now. He's going to get thirty minutes a night. We were pretty confident uh, that his blocks alone would lead him to be a top fifty player. Um, that didn't happen to start the season. He his minutes were limited. John Collins was playing really well. Are you like what? What do you see for him moving forward this season? Is he going to reclaim that sort of starting thirty-minute spot, or is it going to just be a matter of matchup dependent? If we're against like a Rudy Gobert, someone like that, you play big minutes. If you're against a more mobile team, you play 18, 22 minutes. To me, it seems like yeah that Utah is playing the matchups. Uh, you know, so Kessler did start the season in the starting lineup. He started every game in which he's yeah. played. Uh, but the minutes, you know, he, he's getting 24 minutes a night compared to 23 last season where he came off the bench for most of last season. Uh, the numbers are down this season. The blocks, the points, the rebounds, the field goal percentages is in the toilet compared to what it was a season ago. Uh, and for a guy that doesn't take threes, uh, that's a terrible free throw shooter, uh, doesn't score a lot of points, you really depend on that elite field goal percentage. So you're looking – he's a Mitchell Robinson type where, yeah, mm-hmm. he'll get you eight, nine points, uh, ten or more rebounds. Of course, Robinson's rebounds have been through the roof this season. Uh, but you're depending on that elite field goal percentage and those strong block numbers. Um, and I, I just don't – I don't know what to say. I'm about half speechless with Walker Kessler this season. Uh, it seems like John Collins basically just came in there and uh, eliminated any sort of fantasy value uh, that he had. Um, but part of this is – part of this is also Kessler, right? He's starting. He's playing more minutes, and the numbers just aren't there for him right now. So I think we do see some positive regression for Kessler – uh, I don't think you go from shooting better than 70% to shooting 55% overnight. I think that will trend up, uh, as will his points, uh, and then in turn his fantasy value. Um, and better than two blocks a night is still uh, still a guy that's very valuable to your fantasy team. Uh, but I think maybe we uh, maybe we coronated him uh, a little hmm. too early. 
uh, you know, last season yeah. he was going to be a, a top, what, top two or three round guy. Yeah, look, I think that's the case. And I mean, he's sadly, his last game was actually his best. The, the yeah. game before he went out, he had 15 and 15 with four blocks. Yeah. Um, he did have four blocks, three blocks, five blocks in his past three games. Uh, but the minutes were, they ranged from sort of 31 down to 21 or, or 22. So really up and down. I do wonder um, if, and, and trying to stay positive here and, and think that he can turn this around. I do wonder if the injury was something that he's been dealing with since the since the preseason, since since he was on Team USA, because I, from memory, and, and again, I I didn't get to watch as many games when I was over in the states because I I didn't have my league pass, so I was just watching the the ESPN games and the TNT games, and Utah aren't on those games, so I didn't see him play, but. I don't think there, there was a specific moment in that game where he injured his arm. Like, I think it was just after the game, they announced he had this injury and he's going to be reevaluated. So possibly it was something that, that he'd been dealing with and, and they were just trying to ease him through it and see if it would get better. Do you think that's possible? Or, or am I just sort of off on my own there as well? No, I, I think that's... Definitely a possibility, uh, and, and it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a guy underperform, uh, get injured, and then find out, hey, he's been dealing with this injury much longer than you know than what we were ever told. Um, so I and I be honest with you, I hope that is the case, uh, mm. so that when he comes back healthy, that you know we see more of what we saw to end last season. Yeah, and I, and I think so. If you've got, I mean, you don't don't sell him, don't try and trade him because you're not going to get any value back. Mm. Um, so I think you just have to hold him, pop him in your IR spot. Let's see what he looks like in the the week to two weeks after he comes back. And if his minutes are trending back up closer to 26, 28 a night, uh, he's getting multiple blocks, he's more efficient, then maybe that was the case. So it's, it's tough, but I think you just sit and wait uh, in this situation. Uh, that was all the, the names I sent you. Anyone that is sort of fresh in the, in the front of your mind who who we might want to discuss briefly before we get out of here? You know, this is a name that uh, Noah and I do the uh, the weekly live stream for um, for NBC every Tuesday afternoon. And so we got a lot of questions about Akula Bali. Uh, we're talking mm. about uh, the Wizards uh, with Jordan Poole. Uh, what do you think about Akula Bali? He's been a top 80 guy over the last week. Um, it seems like he's maybe trending uh, toward taking over for Denny, you know, in the starting five. Are we going to start to see more of – I actually saw on Twitter, Poolabali might be the new <laughs> the new duo in Washington. Do you think we see more of that moving forward, or is this a flash-in-the-pan type, uh, type of week for him? Uh, look, he's an interesting one because he was – he sort of blew up in the preseason and, and – yeah came from nowhere and everyone was like, look at this guy. His defense is elite. Um, he's, his offensive game is still very raw. Uh, I think there's there's no debate about that. Um, he did have a 20-point game. He scored in double digits in four of the last five. Yeah. I think, yeah, look, I mean, he's at 33 minutes, 34 minutes the last two games. Uh, Avdia is playing well, though, as well. So whether he starts for him, I'm not sure. I think this might have more to do with the DeLon Wright injury. Um, he's out for six or eight weeks or something with his knee thing. So 
I don't think he's a must roster guy. Like I don't think you have to go and grab him because he's he's really only going to help you in defensive stats at the moment consistently. I think there yeah. will be nights where he where he gets some points and um, and that sort of thing. So he feels like more of a stash to me, but a stash who probably has an opportunity to put up value right away. So he's not like a Keontae George who we were drafting at the back end of drafts who we were, and it didn't take long, but we were waiting for them to to move him into the starting lineup. It only took them two weeks to realise that he should be starting over Taylor Norton Tucker. But So this is probably viewing as a stash, but a guy that can get you some numbers right now. So I think if you've got a, if you're in a standard league and, and you just need some defensive stats and you're, you're sitting pretty comfortably, like your team is performing, you're up at the top of your standings and, and you can take a bit of a flyer. Uh, I'd certainly look at it because in in four to six weeks or even when, when DeLon Wright does come back, the Wizards, based on their trajectory, could have already packed it in for the season. And, and yeah. if that's the case, then, yeah. then they are going to be giving him 32, 34 minutes a night uh, on a nightly basis. So, so I, yeah, I don't mind him as a, as a flyer in standard leagues. Uh, all right. And now just one question and then I'll, I'll let you go because you've got family things to do. I had uh, I had Noah on my show uh, a few weeks ago and we were, it was – I think the season had started. It was only a couple of games into the season, but I brought up the fact that was there any concern from him in terms of the Memphis Grizzlies this season? Um, they were 0-3, I think, at the time and m- – to me, no Stephen Adams for the season, no Brandon Clark for the majority of the season, no Jar Morant for a third of the season. Um, they just—I was worried, or, or or I was of the um, the opinion that maybe they do pack it in this season and and not push to win. If like if they get to a point where they're, I don't know, five and twenty or, or six and nineteen when Jar Morant comes back. Would they do that? Like, do you think that is in them? It doesn't feel like it's part of their organisation and their philosophy to to do that, but would they be better served doing that given the injuries they've got and the the absences they've had? Yeah, it doesn't feel like they would do that to me either, but, yeah, if they're they're 6 and 19, yeah, that's that's nearly impossible to come back from, especially in the Western Conference. Man, I I didn't see this coming. I, I mean, this is a team that when Ja hasn't been there, they have been really good uh, yeah. over the last couple of seasons. I mean, like they they have a winning record when he's not available. Um, so I did not see them being this terrible this season um, so far. Do you do you have any insight into into what's causing them to be so bad? I mean, w- Ja or not? I, I mean, what what's been the cause here? Uh, yeah, I think what's I think it's a combination of things. I, I think I think teams have just figured them out a little bit. Um, they don't. Not having Stephen Adams for me is huge. Like yeah. I know he, I know he's slightly older, and I know he's not a flashy guy that gets stats. But I think we saw last season, and I said this to Noah: as soon as he went out with injury, they basically capitulated. They yeah. they didn't really play well down the stretch. He, he's just so key to what they do in terms of a defensive presence, a big body. Uh, he's a really smart, high IQ player. 
he they they run a lot of the offense through him. He doesn't get those assists, but but they'll use him at pivot points and and that sort of thing. So I think not having him is massive. But then they don't have Brandon Clark as well, yeah. uh, and I think that's the one that people forget is he would be if he was healthy, he'd be playing big minutes, and we know that he can be a a double double guy. Um, he's a good defender, so that for me is probably. Because people just automatically go to the jar thing. Oh, jar's not there. That's why they're struggling. But I, I think it's more, more not having a, a an elite centre. I mean, God, they're starting Bismack Biombo, and he he was out of the league three weeks yeah. ago. Um, Xavier Tillman had a couple of good games to start the season, and everyone was, oh, Tillman, he's going to be the starting centre. Let's pick him up. Let's add him. Was, well, I'm a bit hesitant because we've seen him start before. Last season he was starting and he didn't really do much. He's he's top one fifty, top one sixty, so he's he's viable, but he's not a he's not a starting NBA center. Um, he's undersized, so I think it's a combination of things. Marcus Smart getting accustomed to a new team. Um, no Dylan Brooks. I think that has made a difference. I mean, whether you love him or hate him, you look at what he's doing in Houston and and what Houston are doing. Uh, and it's granted, it's not all Dylan Brooks. It's Fred Van Fleet. It's a new coach. It's um, Shingoon blowing up. So, so there are a few things, but I do think losing Dylan Brooks, um, they lost a little bit of their identity as well. So, yeah, I think it's a combination of things. But we'll see. I mean, they're two and eight at the moment. Uh, are they playing tonight? They probably are. There's a few games on tonight. Let me have a look. Uh, Memphis. Yeah, they play, uh, play the Lakers tonight. They do. They play the Lakers. So we'll we'll see how they go. But yeah, two and eight. So what? What jars back in another three, four, maybe about a month? Um, yeah, if they're five and twenty, it's going to be hard to to get anything but a play in spot uh, at that point. And is it worth it? Like, or are they better off? just sort of packing it in without packing. I mean, you're never going to openly tank, but maybe get a high draft pick, come back next season with a healthy Stephen Adams, healthy Brandon Clark, Jar Morant for a full season, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting. It was just a discussion, and, and I thought it's been a few weeks since we had that discussion, and they haven't really done anything to convince me that they're going to be competitive anytime soon, but maybe they do turn that around. Um I will let you go now, sir. Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be doing this this time every week. I think this works for you. It works for me. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to speaking every week now. Uh, any final thoughts before you roll out? Nothing I can think of. Um... Oh, actually, yeah, non non basketball related. You talked about your uh, your mushrooms, so I am uh, my little blurb from me this week is uh, we're going to pick up our Christmas tree and decorate the house this weekend. So uh, I know that might be a uh, maybe a little bit too early to some people, but uh, we love doing it. So uh, that's what oh. we're doing. The uh, local Christmas tree farm. We we found out exactly when they were getting their first shipment of the year in, and it's this yeah. Saturday. So. Uh, me and my son and my brother-in-law are running a 5K Saturday morning, and then we're heading over to the Christmas tree farm. So it's going to be oh, a good look, weekend, man. I don't think it's too early when you've got little kids. Um, yeah, it's a blast. Yeah. Um, I mean, my kids are a bit older now, and 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 we still, we'll still still have all our decorations up 
at least probably it won't be this weekend, but I'd say it might be the one after. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll get all the lights up and that sort of thing. And, and they're starting to go up in our street. There's already lights up. So people are starting to get into the spirit. So um, no, certainly not too early. I don't think it's ever too early to start celebrating Christmas. Right on, man. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that will do it uh, for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Um, follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.